You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. of Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm your host for today, Bill Lack, and we're really happy to be joined by a good friend of Red Leg Nation, the starting catcher of the Cincinnati Reds, Mr. Devin Mazzarocco. Devin, welcome back, and thanks for coming on and sharing your time with us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me, First, we want to take the time to congratulate Devin on his recent engagement. Uh, have you set a date yet? Yeah, uh, November 14th uh, of this year, so pretty, coming pretty quick. So hopefully that's right after you put a world championship uh, up over the stadium down there, right? Right, we make sure to uh, hold off until after the World Series. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm sure that you and Kira will be very happy. Uh, is she going to be spending much time in Cincinnati this year? Yeah, she'll be in Cincinnati the whole year. She's uh, looking for a job here. so Good for her. Good situation. Good for her. Seems fitting that we talked to you a few days after Groundhog Day, being as you're from Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> so, if I remember right, last time we talked, and you, you do a lot of hunting in, in the winter. Weren't you a hunter? Yeah, quite a bit. I, I have uh, some acres back home where I, you know, do some deer hunting, turkey hunting, just to uh, you know pass the time a little bit. You haven't gotten into that lion hunting like Homer does. No lions yet. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really uh, maybe I'm working my way up towards that. I don't know. You're, you're not hunting anything that can eat. You're not hunting anything that can eat you yet, right? Oh no, I don't think. Not that I know. I uh, had some bear around back home, but one one of them was actually on our porch. Uh, ate some of our garbage, but you know, I, I don't think they're too interested in humans. That's good. Well, let's talk a little baseball. Let's um let's talk about your your personal 2013, Devin. Were you happy with the way you played personally last year? Well, you know, I say I was happier. I think that you know it was an improvement upon my 2012 season. So you know, for me, I'm always looking to improve. Whatever, whether it's offense, defensively. You know, I think my biggest jump last year was defensively, as far as managing the game and. Uh, you know, blocking balls, things like that. I feel like I made a lot of I got better as the year progressed, but still feel like there's room to grow there. And, and offensively, you know, I think I did some good things uh, at times. I just wasn't as, you know, consistent as what I feel like that I should be, and, and I wasn't quite up to what I was hoping for, but, you know, I, I definitely improved, and, and I was happy with that. O- offensively, Devin, what do you think is the biggest thing you need to work on? Is it consistency, or is it hitting a little bit better job hitting right-handed pitching, or or just a little bit of everything? Well, for me, I think, you know, I, if I can get my swing consistent and, and you know, kind of get to a consistent place in, in my uh, – in my swing, I feel like the at-bats will, will really, you know, start to improve in, in all phases. You know, I haven't done a whole lot against hitting right-handers, but, you know, for me, I've, I've been working on my swing so much, and that's been my focus as opposed to, you know, trying to make huge, huge adjustments. I feel like I need to 
feel comfortable with where I'm at before I really start worrying about, you know, any of the other pitchers. But, you know, I, at, at this point, I feel like I'm starting to, you know, get in a better position and everything when I hit. So, uh, you know, in spring training here, I'm sure that we will start to work on some other things as far as, you know, trying to see what I can do against right-handers, hitting off the breaking ball machine and stuff like that. So, that will, uh, you know, that's, the time will come for that, but I, I feel like I'm in a good place right now. You, you've really, really, both years, your first two big, you know, full years, you, you've really hit the ball real well off left-handers. Do, do you see the ball really, really well off left-handers? Or is it, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I always feel confident going against the left-hander. You know, for the most part, they're, they're going to work you know, out over the plate and everything like that. And I think I'm more comfortable hitting that, especially from the right or from the left hander. So, you know, you know, I always am confident and more comfortable going in against them. I wouldn't say I see the ball better or anything like that, but I just, uh, you know, I have a better feeling, I guess, whenever I go to play against them. Your best month of the season was July when you, you hit 294 and got on at a 329 pace and your slugging was 441. And it was also the month that you had the most plate appearances. Do you think that's a coincidence, or do you think the more you play, the better you're going to play? Well, I, I think July there, you know, Hendon, right after the All-Star break, he went on the disabled list. And, yeah. you know, at that point, I I was, you know, pretty much given the job, hey, you're going to play every day, you know, go out there and see what you can do. And I, I felt comfortable. I felt like, uh, you know, Everybody knew that I could do the job. There was a lot of confidence coming from myself and from, you know, the other guys and people in the organization. So, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about going out there one day and not doing it, you know, not producing, and then having to sit a couple days. I didn't agree with it, and, and, and I, felt, I felt like, you know, it, this is my job. I can go out there. I can play every day. If I go for, I'm going to still play the next day. And that, you know, that's a pretty good feeling to have, and it just breeds, uh, breeds confidence. And and I think that, you know, I started to play more, and I started to play better, and better. I think it it definitely makes sense. I, I was looking at some of your splits, and I thought there was some interesting things there. And I don't even know if you're aware of these. Do you know in, in the games that you played that the Reds won, you hit. Uh, 294, and in the games that you played in that they lost, you hit 168, and that all nine home runs that you hit, the Reds won? Yeah, just got to hit a home run. So if you hit a home run, it's an automatic winner, man. Yeah, just stop the game right there. (laughs) Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I thought it it was very funny when when I saw it. The other thing that I noticed in your splits, and this is also something that's kind of strange, is when you swing at when you swung at the first pitch, you had 131 plate appearances. You swung at the first pitch, you hit 194. When you took the first pitch, when that was 221 plate appearances, you hit 266. I did know that. Did you? I, I knew that. You know, I did uh, maybe a little bit of research here and there, but I did know that. I went back and watched all the. Uh, all the video of the swings at the first pitch because, you know, seems pretty low to me. I've always been aggressive on that first pitch, looking for a good pitch hit. And, you know, I look back and there might have been 
I don't even know how many bats it was, maybe 40 or so, I think, uh, that I swung at the first pitch and put it in play. And, you know, watching all of the bats, I feel like I lined out 10 or 15 times, to be honest with you. Every ball that I hit hard, they were just right at people, and, and that's kind of, at least that's what I'm going to blame it on hitting 194 on the first pitch. Because I've only been good at hitting the first, on the first pitch. So, I'm going to blame it on, I uh, hit a lot of line drive that guy. A little bad luck. You talked about doing, bad, yeah. you, you talked about doing video work. Do you do much video work during the season? Or do you do most of your video work in the off season? Or, or what do you look for when you do the video work? Well, it, you know, it's, before every series starts, uh, you know, we get a scouting report and everything, but I like to, uh, I like to look at everything for myself and just kind of see what guys swing look like. You know, this is more so for calling the game and doing right. So that, that's usually the first thing that I do when, when a series starts is go in, watch all the hitters, kind of review the scouting report and just kind of, uh, you know, make sure I know exactly what's going on and what those guys are trying to do with the plate. Uh, and offensively, you know, I think I'll watch video more so whenever I'm going bad, try to get it right. You know, whenever I'm going good, I try to stay out of there so I don't really confuse myself even more. I just try to, you know, look at it when it's going bad, see what, uh, and then I watch the video of when I'm doing good just right. to try to, yeah. Reinform, re, re you know, exactly the, what I want to be seeing. So, it, uh, I, I do quite a bit of video work. You know, I, I'd say on average, I don't know, 40 minutes, an hour a day probably. You've talked a little bit about about your defense, and let, let's talk a little bit more about that because there was there's been so much talk about your defense over the off season and how your game calling improved last year. What do you think are your main strengths defensively, and what do you think most you improved with last year? Well, I think the biggest thing last year, you know, was probably my receiving and my blocking. Walking uh, wise, you know, I didn't allow too many wild pitches, and you know, we had some guys that you know, threw the ball in the dirt with with Latos and Singer uh, Eifert and there every now and then. Uh, Leak, you know, not quite as much. But, you know, I did a good job catching those guys, uh, keeping the ball from getting past. Yeah, you did. The thing I noticed, uh, I'm sorry, to inter- I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, you. You caught 360 more innings last year, and you had only had one more wild pitch on you than you did in 2012. Right, right, yeah. That, that was a big improvement from then. You know, Matt is definitely one of the tougher guys to catch because, He's got such a good slider. He's got such good downward movement that uh, it, it's inevitable to kind of be in the dirt quite a bit of the time. So that was good to see. And, you know, receiving-wise, I feel like uh, things have got a lot more calmer for me behind the plate. I think that I got more strikes for the pitchers than what I have in the past. Uh, not sure exactly what the numbers show on that, but, it, you know, in my mind, I was a lot better receiving a lot calmer, and uh, I think those two things show it. You know, throwing wise throughout the year, uh, I got a little better and better, in, but, you know, I still feel like there's room to grow there. You know, as far as calling the game behind the plate, I feel like it was almost night and day from the year before, just having an idea, know how to execute, noticing uh, 
tendencies of the opposing hitters and noticing when they're changing those tendencies. So it was a it was definitely a good year for me defensively. Some of it sounds like where you're talking about your improvements. Some of it sounds like a maturing process. Um, but you also had, I mean, you had a guy that was a, that's a pretty darn good defensive catcher that you were playing with too, Ryan Hannigan. What what did you learn from playing with Ryan Hannigan? Well, you know, me and Ian, we talked a lot going into the game just about you know what's this guy doing right now. And I think the biggest thing that I, I took from him was just you know, good hitters are going to change. Good hitters are going to see what you're trying to attack and change off of that. They're going to know what you're trying to do. So you really have to watch those guys and you have to watch when they are making adjustments because, you know, with, with good hitters like that, the scouting report isn't always right. So you have to see what they're doing and uh, make some changes with uh, off what they are doing. You talked about your, your throwing improved last year, and, and, and like I said earlier, you, you caught 360 more innings, and there were only six more stolen bases on you. Your, um, your caught stealing percentage climbed by 9%, and you were one above league average last year. And you think you can still improve, continue to improve there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, my arm has always been pretty strong, and I know that last year it wasn't quite as strong as what I've been used to in the past. So, you know, this offseason I've really been committed to improving my mechanics, just making everything a little bit quicker, a little bit more efficient. And, uh, you know, I think it's really going to show. I think it's really going to help. It's really going to help improve my throws. You know, percentage-wise, it's it's definitely tough because, you know, then you actually get a crazy good jump and you have no chance. But I need to throw out the guys that, I should be throwing out, and I, you know, I feel like last year I did a better job of that towards the end. But at the beginning of the year, I left a lot of the uh, lot of guys that I should have been throwing out get get the base. So you know, I think this year it's going to be uh, definitely improved. Well, you also, I mean, it's also, you know, I mean, the catcher sometimes gets the blame, but sometimes the, the, they steal the base on the pitcher. I mean, you're lucky. I mean, last year, not so much, but the year before, you had Johnny Cueto, who, who holds guys. I mean, he's got a good pickoff move, holds guys really close. And nobody that, none of your starters, if I I, I'm, I don't think, are real slow to the plate, are they? Well, I think everybody's definitely uh, been a lot more aware of it with Brian. You know, he's been preaching that to the guys, and they've, uh, they've definitely gotten better and better, and I think... At this point, you know, everybody holds the runners pretty, pretty well, you know. So going, going forward, I think that, uh, that's only going to help, uh, that percentage climb. How important is pitch framing, Devin? Uh, I, I, I think it's definitely, you know, a pretty important thing. You know, people, pitch framing, it, it's definitely tough to trick an umpire. You know, they, they are, they're definitely pretty good, but, the biggest thing is you want to present the pitch in the best way possible and not drag it out of the zone or let the ball pull you in a direction where they don't want to go. You know, so that's really my biggest thing is just to present it in the best way possible, whether it's that low pitch you need to get underneath it or, you know, a little high pitch travel, things like that. Those are, uh, those are things that can always be worked on and improved, I think. 
You, you mentioned umpires. I have to ask you this question. Are there are there certain umpires that talk to you a lot during the game and other umpires that are, that are just all business and you know, they don't have conversations or anything? Or are they all, is, there, is, there, or is there generally pretty much give and take through the course of a ball game? Oh, it depends. You know, they all have a different personality. I think uh, some of the guys want to talk or, you know, sometimes talk too much. You know, I, I just uh, try to go back there and, you know, I'm focused on doing my job first and foremost. And, you know, there's also those guys back there that, you know, it's fun to be back there because, you know, they, uh, they've been around the game for so long and they, uh, you know, it's just more enjoyable when they're, the umpire's back there having fun as opposed to, you know, just kind of going through the motions or stuff like that. So, you know, I do enjoy talking, talking with them and it's a, you know, it's, it's Mostly a fun relationship, I would say. Could 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 you pick an umpire that you say is probably the best home plate umpire that you've seen? Uh, or a few? I, you... I I wouldn't be able to pick you know one out of that. But to me, the the only guys that really stand out are the ones that aren't so good. You know, I I think that the guys that are back there and. And there's a lot, lot more of them that are, are super good that just, you know, do a good job, treat with respect, ball, 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 and strike, strike, no matter who's hitting or who's pitching. So mm -hmm. it, the guys that are that stands out a little bit more to me as opposed to the guys that are good. And, you know, there's a whole, whole lot of them. I, I would, it'd be tough for me to pick one out. And, and, and you wouldn't want to do that anyway because they might listen to this. Right, <laughs> Let me ask you though about the you talk about the ones that, that that you don't think are real good. Is it that they don't know the zone, or is it they're inconsistent? Um, I would say that they're just inconsistent. And you know, there's a little bit of both. Sometimes you know, they like there'll be certain umpires that like to call the low pitch, or you know, if a catcher steps up two inches outside and the guy hits his gloves, they'll call that a strike, even though it's not a strike. Uh, you know, but like I said, for the most part, those guys all do a good job, and they, they you know, if the catcher sets up outside and hits his glove, they usually call it a ball. It's just those uh, cases where, you know, you get an umpire where he likes to stretch his own a little bit. You know, those are those are the tough ones. Do you got is that part of the scouting report as who the umpire is and what kind of strike zone he may have? Oh uh, yeah, you can definitely get that. The, you know, we can get pretty much every every spot imaginable, and, and I they have heat charts that you know. Oh, this guy likes to call the low outside pitch just a little bit more than what uh, what league average is, I guess. Or this guy's a little bit tighter than league average. Okay. Yeah, you know, we can look at all that uh, before the game and everything. Okay. De defensively, what is the biggest thing you think you still need to improve on? Well, I think throws, you know. I think that yeah, I need to become more accurate, more consistent with my throws uh, as far as, you know, every single day, no matter where the pitch is at, everything needs to uh, be working working the same. I need to be accurate uh, on, on almost all pitches and, and all my throws. So, you know, throwing is, is something that I work on, but, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to... Uh, completely put my focus on that. I still 
and focused on improving my receiver and focused on improving my blocking, which, uh, you know, all that can still be improved. So, it, but my main focus this offseason has really been on the throne. When you get out to, to, to Goodyear, uh, the, uh, I assume Bench, Johnny Bench shows up there periodically. Is, is do you pick his brain, or does he does he come over and talk to you about catching, or is that kind of intimidating? I mean, because it's Johnny Bench, or well, yeah, Johnny comes to spring training. You know, he he comes at least once a year, most of the time a couple times. But uh, you know, he's he's a good guy. Pretty much assigned certain catchers to certain pitchers. How did you feel about that? Yeah, you know, that, that, I didn't like that. I think that it, it was such a, uh, you know, for me, I want to be able to catch everybody, and I believe that I can work with everybody, you know, no matter what the circumstances are. Uh, and, and it kind of came into play last year, whatever. Ryan was hurt, and I hadn't caught Johnny Cueto all year, but I had to go out there and catch him. You know, it's, just, it, it's definitely a lot tougher if you're not accustomed to working with somebody and you kind of get thrown into the fire. Uh, that makes the relationship a whole lot tougher. So, you know, for me, I believe, you know, it, you, you set up your lineup based on what makes most sense offensively, you know, for the team. Yeah. If if I hit left-handers real good and we have, you know, now that we have Bryant, uh, if they have a good right-hander on the mound, that he would hit better, it would make sense to go with him. That way the catchers are interchangeable and, you know, everybody can work with everybody. And I, I think that would that would really eliminate any of that problem if we, you would have if you do get injured, you know, then – your backup hasn't caught uh, any of these guys for four months. You know that makes it tough on them, and that makes it tough on the pitchers. So, it, for me, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you know it's more of a everybody catch everybody situation, no more personal catcher deal. Let's let's talk about the the team stuff from last year, Devin. The the, the team kind of they lost the last six games last year, last five of the regular season, then the the game in Pittsburgh. And and from a fan's perspective, Dusty always gave the impression that no game meant any more than any other game, and he was managing for the long haul. And the the fans felt like the team didn't have any sense of urgency to win in the late in the season. Is that a fair judgment by the fans? Do you think? Oh, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, that's a tough one. I, we definitely didn't play the way that we expected to play. And, you know, we had the series against the Mets where we didn't do anything, and then the series against uh, the Pirates where we got swept. But, you know, my feeling was in that locker room, everybody was 100% committed to winning on that certain day. It just uh, it didn't quite go the way that we expected it to. So, I, I but I understand, you know, where the fans are coming from, where, you know, you can sense a little bit of urgency, and I think that this upcoming year you'll see that with Brian. You know, he's going to, uh, 
he's gonna get on. He's gonna make us play every day like it's our last. He's a you know he's a fire guy, and he'll he'll make sure to make sure to know that hey we you know need to show up every single day. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more more about Brian Price here in a minute, but. Before we get to that, were, were you surprised at, at the firing of Dusty Baker? Well, a little bit, yeah. I think that, you know, I, I knew that there was definitely a chance the way that we finished up the year there. Uh, we, we, we didn't do anybody any favor uh, with, with losing six straight there at the end, especially... Yeah, you know, the Pirates, one of our division rivals, which was tough. So, it, I, I think it was a, a kind of a surprise, not a super huge surprise, but, you know, say minor surprise, I guess. It's funny because I talked to Chris Welsh. We did an interview with Chris Welsh last week, and, and he said he was not at all surprised because he felt all year long that if, if you guys didn't go deep into the playoffs, you know, that, that Dusty was going to be let go. And, and that kind of didn't make any sense to me because they just signed him to a two-year deal. Right, right. Yeah, they did the exhaust season right before, so yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But let me let me ask you. You mentioned the you know losing to the Pirates, which you know none of us like. But there last year there was quite a bit of bad blood between the Reds and the Pirates. Does that kind of stuff carry over too much from one season to the next? Yeah, I think so. I think that you know for whatever reason it just seemed to go on and on and on. We would hit one of their guys. Uh, they would hit one of our guys. We would hit another one of their guys. They would hit another one. You know. It, yeah, there was a lot of that going on last year. <laughs> it was just, you know, it was almost stupid to the point. You know, it just got, and, and the thing that, uh, you know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know, I, I think everybody gets along with those guys. You know, everybody gets along with, uh, you know, Cut and Neil Walker, those guys are great guys. So it, it just, it didn't seem right, man. They had guys that come up in September, and, and they started hitting our guys, which, you know, those guys didn't, didn't play during the year at all. You know, and they had a couple guys come in at the end of the year. They hit Brandon one time, and it, it just, you know, it, it got to be it got to be a little bit too crazy. I think that, you know, it, I'm more for the old school type thing. You hit one of our guys, we're going to hit one, and then it's over with, you know. Yeah. And it just seemed to go on and on and on, and it got, it, it just got stupid there. Okay, let, let's get back to the, to the, to the, 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 the ball club here for a minute. We, we talked to, you know, Dusty's fired. Was Brian Price the obvious choice to you? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the second that I heard that Dusty was fired, I said, man, I, I sure hope they hired Bob. And, you know, they waited just a couple days longer, and, and they, they went ahead with it. And I think that was the, the best possible move for the team. And, you know, I'm, I think everybody's looking forward to getting down there and, and seeing Brian in his new role. I assume as the cat, as a catcher of the position players, you probably had more interaction with, with him than anybody. Can you, can you give us as fans an idea of what we can expect from a Brian Price team? Yeah, I think, you know, with, I work with Brian every day. I sat beside him every, between every inning on the bench, and he's just there. You know, I say he was fiery, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly call him a fiery guy. He's kind of a, uh, just a kind of cool, somebody you can talk to during the game, somebody that doesn't 
throw a lot of emotions get the best of him, but he's, he's somebody that you don't want to let down. He's a guy that uh, you you really you know he has your back, and you know that he he he's doing everything for the best interest of the team that he possibly can, and and that's. You know, good feeling to have as a pitching coach, but you know, as a manager, I think it's going to be even better. A lot of a lot of the pitchers have talked about him, and the word that they a lot of them use is is accountability. Does that does that sound logical to you? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. You know, he's not going to he's not going to scream and yell and get everybody fired up. That you know, he's going to he's going to do his job. Surprised at any of the coaches that either stayed or didn't stay? Were you were you surprised at any of the coaching moves? Well, you know, not really. I guess I think that uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what you know everybody is doing in their situation. So every right. guy's situation right. is different. Yeah. He wanted to go spend time with his family or anything like that. Uh, you know, there, there was, we had a lot of good guys on the staff, and uh, I think that, you know, we wish him well, especially, you know, especially there, Mark Perry. He was he was a favorite of everybody, and uh, see what he went through last year and everything, and yeah. see him come back, that was, that was definitely awesome. So well, I think he'll be, he'll be super missed. Uh, you know, hopefully he stays in the organization. I saw that they were trying to do something to keep him in the organization, and that would be, that would be awesome. So. No, I can't say because I don't really know everybody's situation. Okay, so. yeah, that's fair. H- have you met any of the new coaches yet? Yeah, I read that, and I've uh, spoken on the phone with with uh, Don Wong and his head coach, and uh, you know, met all the other guys at Red Fest, and everybody seemed uh, seemed good. You know, it should be it, for a while there. You know, we've been with the same coaching staff for so long that it's uh, it'll be fun to. Kind of hear a different voice to develop those new relationships. So I think it'll be a you know a good thing really to uh, you know as players trying to kick us in the butt a little bit to to conform to their way. Fairly or unfairly, when the team struggled offensively, Brooks Jacoby was was at least the fans' favorite whipping boy, and everything was Brooks Jacoby Brooks Jacoby's fault. What can Don Long bring to this team that that might make them more consistent offensively, or may take you know, some of you young guys, you and Frazier and Kozark, and, and take you to the next level, you know, up your game offensively a notch. What can he bring to the team? Right. I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we've got young guys that haven't been in the league for so long. It's just kind of, you know, you're trying to find your way, you're trying to find your approach and everything like that at the plate. And I, I think it'll be good to hear from Don and, and go, uh, you know, just go into spring training with a, a different type of uh, mentality, I guess, at the plate. It, it should be, 
definitely interesting. You know, I've spoken with him a couple times here in the off season. I'm, uh, you know, really looking forward to diving in and getting some new information from him. In the long term, you know, what, what you're, you're the established number one catcher here now, and, and, and you know, I mean, you're still a young guy, and you're you're going into your third year. But in the long term, Devin, where do you see yourself as a hitter? Do you see yourself as a four guy, a five guy, a six guy? Yeah, I think so. You know, I feel like that is it's the way that I can play the past, whether it was a minor league or you know times like that. I, I've hit with some power, hit with uh, some pretty good averages. So you know, I feel like I'm a like you said, five six type hitter. And it, it's definitely a lot different when you're hitting, you go from 5 6 in the minor league, you come up and you're hitting 8 in the national league. You know, it's definitely a, a, a different animal. With Ryan gone to Tampa now, and, and, you know, nobody wishes him more good luck, I don't think, probably than you, uh, you're, you're the number one guy here now. Does this change your role on the team? Well, yeah, I think so, a little bit. You know, the, the biggest thing that I think that will change for me is just kind of my role with the pitching staff. In the past, you know, Andy's been more of a leader type guy where he, you know, would talk to guys. And, and so I wasn't I wasn't going to go out of my way to step on his toes because, you know, it was kind of anything he was here before me. He worked with all these guys a whole lot more. So I wasn't going to speak up and say, hey, you need to be doing this instead of this if, if I disagree with him, which we really didn't disagree a whole lot. We were, we were right. pretty much on the same page. Sure. But I think that for going forward, it will be nice if I, I can take more of that rule on where, hey, you know, you you need to be throwing more sliders if I to talk to this guy or, man, you really got to start attacking this guy more. You know, I think that I'll be able to take on that rule a little bit more as far as being the, being the guy that the pitchers come talk to whenever, you know, they have any questions or, or concerns. So so what you're saying is you really feel like you're going to take on a bigger leadership role in, 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 as a catcher, you know, as, with the pitching staff. Especially with the pitching staff, yeah. yeah I think that that's going to be pretty important in, in, in me being, you know, the everyday guy, on the arm the plate everyday guy. They, they need to hear certain things from me, whether, you know, it's about their repertoire or what they need to be doing to get uh, this certain guy out. So, yeah, I, I think that the leadership of the pitching staff will be uh, pretty important. Any idea on what kind of split you're probably looking at? I mean, are you looking at a 4-3 a or a 5-2, and, and, you know, or will that kind of pan out over the course of spring training? I, I'm sure that will pan out, you know, Spring training and even into the year, you know, if I'm playing well, I'm sure that they're going to want to run me out there as much as possible. And if I'm not uh, producing as well, I'm sure that I will get spelled more, more so. So, you know, I think a lot of that dictates on the, the way that you know I'm playing. Physically, Devin, how many how many days a week can you catch and still feel like you've got your legs in September? Yeah, and to be honest with you, I think I can catch every single day. You know, I train all off season for the season, train during the season. Uh, you know, if I had to catch three weeks straight, 
you know, seven days a week, I think I would be fine. And, and at the end of the year, you know, I think everybody's a little bit tired, a little bit banged up, but a, a lot of that is just being mentally strong and going through all the aches and pains and just going out there and showing up ready to play every day. And I think at this point, you know, there's no reason why I can't catch 130, 140 day. I don't, I don't think I would have any problem, you know, still only 25 years old, so I, I think I'll be all right. That's what I was just going to say. Plus, you're 25 years old and you don't know any better. <laughs> Devin, th this team lost two pretty good players. You know, you lost Chu, and you're hearing today that Bronson, I read today that Bronson's talking to the Dodgers, just what the Dodgers need, another good pitcher. And, and, and they didn't really add anybody that's, that, that, that at least that we hope doesn't have to play very much, because if some, these, some of these newer guys are playing much, that means somebody's hurt or not doing what we expected them to do. What would you say to the fans that are skeptical about the, the team's ability to compete with the Cardinals and the Pirates and a Brewers team that looks like they're going to be better this year? Well, I think first and foremost is, you know, we're going to be able to pitch, and that's going to keep us in a lot of games. Uh, you look at our starting five, and, you know, I, I think uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find any better starting five out there in baseball. And you look at our bullpen, and, you, you see the guys, the years that some of those guys put together out there with uh, Sammy and, and J.J. Hoover, those guys really threw the ball well all year. And then you you see that, you know, Broxton really wasn't himself all year. Marshall wasn't himself all year. And then obviously, you know, we got big guy in the back, Chapman, who, uh, who pitched extremely well. So we're going to be able to pitch. That's not going to be a problem. And uh, offensively, you know, I think the biggest improvements that you'll see the upcoming years from the next, you know, me and Todd and Zach can kind of take the next step forward and become, you know, proven everyday players, consistent, uh, produce on a consistent basis. I think that, you know, that's really going to help. Uh, we, we didn't have Luddy all last year until the end there. So, you know, I, I think it, Anything that he can do is going to be, you know, good improvement. Uh, but I think the biggest step forward is going to be from us, us three, you know, me, Zach, and Todd. There's going to be, uh, you know, it's our third year now. We, we should have a pretty good idea of what we're doing at this point, and I think we'll all be able to go up there and produce on a consistent basis. You mentioned the bullpen, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. But in fact, it may look like you know somebody like Logan Andrusik may be an odd man out in the bullpen. We may have too many good pitchers. Right? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's crazy down there. We got a lot of a lot of good live arms, but uh, you know it, it, it's definitely tough to work your way into that situation. Devin, do you think you think Hoover could be a closer? Yeah, I think so. You know, he's he's got the stuff. He's got the mentality where he just goes out there and attacks guys. Uh, you know, for me, it, being a closer, if you can get guys out in the seventh, eighth inning, you can get them out in the ninth. And you know, who has the stuff to to really be a closer? I think, but you know, the guy that I would be a hundred percent happy handing the ball to. Sam, look here, whenever he comes in as a closer. He's got enough weapons uh, where he can go attack lefties and righties either way. So it's, 
you know, that you got to be able to get guys out. And Hoover gets them out with his stuff and the guy that can get them out with, you know, his control and uh, his his difference in pitches, you know, with his curveball and everything. So I, I think we have a bunch of guys that would were, were be capable of doing the job if, if anything ever happened about forbid the chapter. One of the things that Brian Price has talked about in the offseason is it sounds like the bullpen is going to get a little bit of different use than it did under Dusty's. And I don't know if he's going to change roles, but he's talked about Chapman pitching, you know, having more than, you know, pitching more than one inning saves. You wonder whether they're going to use, you know, Chapman earlier in a ball game when a game might seem to be on the line. You know, he talked about, and Chris, Chris Welsh didn't feel like, like Brian Price would be as much of a matchup guy, you know, a lefty against a lefty and, you know, maybe pitching guys more than one batter or, or, or something like that. Do you get any feeling on that? Oh, uh, yeah, I read a couple of things on that. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll be an interesting thing. It's, uh, you obviously want to get Chappie out there as much as possible just because of, you know, what he brings to the team. But it's, uh, It'll be interesting to see how he can work them into those situations. You know, he's such a horse that he can pitch two innings and come back and probably pitch the next day. But you don't want to completely wear him out where he gets too, too tired. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that uh, situation progresses. I, you know, I can't speak to what Brian has planned. Oh, yeah, I, I understand but, that. And but, I wouldn't want to put you in that position. I, I think it definitely... It, the more you bring in Chappie, the, the happier I'm going to be, that's for sure. Okay. You know, one of the good things about being the catcher for the Cincinnati Reds is you don't have to try to throw out Billy Hamilton. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, I, I'm one for one throwing Billy out in the, in the Futures game. Um, so I'm throwing him out 100%. Oh, did you get him in the Futures game? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and he over-split the base. So it's like tag him out. So it's kind of technicality, but hey. That's, way, one for one. that's what it looks in the stat book. What, what, do you, right. what, what do you think are reasonable expectations for Billy for his first year? Oh, uh, you know, after seeing Billy in spring training and, and seeing him in September, I thought there was, you know, a lot, a lot of improvement. He looked, he looked good in September as far as putting the ball in play, knowing when to be aggressive uh, at the plate, knowing when to, you know, try to take a walk. It was, it was pretty cool to see. I think, you know, it's hard to put a number on, on, you know, what, he, what I think he's going to hit or, but, you know, for me, it, it, to be honest, if he can just stay above water, hit wise. You know, the speed that he brings on the base class is really going to show up. The defense that he'll bring in center field with all that speed is really going to show up. So it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that situation shakes out. But I think Billy's more than capable at this point to go out there and, and be a great defensive center fielder, be a, a good, consistent threat on the bases. He, you know, he just needs to work on getting on base and. You know, everybody's going to drive him in. So it'll be, it'll be fun to play with him, I think, just because of that dynamic speed yeah. that he brings to the table. I, I had a friend of mine that said that, that Brian ought to treat him like Willie May Hayes in Major League, and every time he hits the ball in the air, he's got to do 10 push-ups. Yeah. I didn't see him pop out a whole lot. You know, he, he kept the ball on the ground. 
shot it the other way. He was uh, it was definitely fun to watch and see the improvement that he made during September. Yeah, because he he keeps the ball on the ground, he can be a weapon. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, the guy is. Uh, and I think the thing about Billy is he's such a a good kid and a hard hard worker. He he listens to everybody and, and really you know works on improving his craft. So it'll be. No, I think he's definitely up to the challenge. Well, Devin, I'm gonna let you go here. So, so when are you heading out for Arizona? I'm leaving Thursday. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be getting into some warmer weather here pretty quick. When you go out for spring training, do you fly out or do you drive out? Fly out. Do it's, you? Uh, it'll be way too long to drive out. I think it's almost 24 hours. Is it that long? Wow. Well, anyway, as always, Devin, we really, really appreciate your time and, and good luck this season. And maybe we can catch up later this season and, and during a Devin Mazzarocco led Reds winning streak. Sounds good, Devin. Thanks, take care, my friend.